It's an issue. Doesn't matter. Oh, I've done it now. I'm not that short. Okay, maybe. All right. I think we got it. I'm Mary, and I'm an alcoholic. Oh my goodness! I have to say, can I just say a couple of things? I am thrilled. Okay. Nobody ever tells me that to talk into the mic. That's usually the opposite, so I'll do my best. I am so grateful that they left Mimi know-it-all right here. I just want to say that um, I will be standing up here, so anybody who wants to get pictures of this um, you know, epic occasion of, of me acknowledging my inner self, um, welcome to do so after, after my talk. I, I really want to thank the committee for asking me to come out and um, share this afternoon. You know, it is amazing to me to look out and to see all of these incredible faces. And it's true, Roz, you know, you said it earlier. It's like the folks that, you know, you think, oh, my God, we know. I was going, I think it's been nine years. How old was your kid last time we spoke and, you know, and comparing? And it really is uh, such a remarkable thing to be in this room today. And, and for another reason that I want to talk a little bit about, and, you know, we were sort of laughing. We're not exactly laughing yet. It will be funny next year at this time. Right. Um, but so we're just kind of laughing like this right now. But this is this is the AA women's luncheon that almost never was this year. And it all started back, and, and Nancy talked about this, it all started back in November when we got the call that, that Jenny had passed away. Um, and, and it was, you know, for those of you who knew Jenny, um, you know, she was one of the first women that I met when I moved to St. Louis from, from Minneapolis. Um, and it was uh, my introduction into this community was at the 14th annual uh, AA Women's Luncheon when my sponsor from Minnesota, Brenda L., had been asked to come down and speak. And I had just moved here. Um, and that's when I met Jenny. And it was an absolutely a, a remarkable experience. And she gave me so much guidance and, and wisdom over the years. Um, so when we got that call, it was, it was a sad day indeed. Um, and, and then in the middle of all this, and so what I discovered um, shortly after this, because some other women said, um, and thank you so very much, as they handed me, really keep talking louder? Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, nobody ever tells me to talk louder. All right. When they handed me a box of stuff from Jenny's house and said, yours is the only name on the bank account, so I guess what? Welcome to the women's luncheon. And I went, Okay. And Roz and Joanne, who are hard at work with their committee trying to get this happening today, and I asked Roz or asked Joanne if I if I had permission to share. Uh, in the middle of pulling all this together, right on the heels of losing Jenny, Joanne lost her husband. And you want to talk about an example of Alcoholics Anonymous? What it what she has done to bring us here today? Thank you. And then, and then a co-worker of Roz's, this is unbelievable, the house burned down, we were trying to help the family and trying to get food and clothing, and, and, and then she ended up being the victim of uh, uh, homicide by domestic violence, and that happened not that long ago. And, and, and then, you know, was it Roz said when she called up Despazios and they said, oh, and by the way, the banquet hall has been destroyed. She said, I just laughed. She said, you know, she said, of course it has. That was Monday. 
So, so for me to, to honestly to, to think about, um, and then in the middle of this, and I want to give a special recognition to Nancy, um, who you know just was like an angel to me in terms of the planning, and to Rosano and Joanne, who just really stepped in and was able to sort of take over and kind of you know take the baton to the finish line. Um, it, it has been a group effort, such a testimony for me of remembering that we all are just supposed to do, I am just supposed to do my part to the best of my ability. And if I do that and you do that, God does all the rest. And here we are today. Now, I have to say, she said, she said I was very gracious in, um, in agreeing to speak, and, and that was so long ago, I, you know, I have to confess, I, I wasn't sure that I remember doing that, but, um, but I'm here, and Linda is here, I don't know where she went to, uh, from Kentucky, and I know she's spoken a few times, and I gotta tell you, I tried to get her to come up here and speak to y'all right when, uh, lunch was starting, and she said no, and so I told her I was calling her sponsor. But I really do. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here, and I want to thank everybody. Um, I have a sobriety date of July 9th, 1989. For that, I am truly grateful. I have a home group today. That is the grace of God, isn't it? it the grace of God. Uh, I have a home group today. It's a women's meeting. It meets on Monday night. Um, everyone is welcome to come. Um, I know. Woo, woo, right? <laughs> Holding it down for the Monday night, girls. And uh, it's an amazing meeting. And, and uh and I have a sponsor today, and I and I actually actively um, seek that sponsorship. And she was here, and I think she said she had to go because she was so sick and tired of listening to me talk. I'm pretty sure those were her words. And I don't think she's here at the moment, but I would like to thank Julia D. Um, I, I have to, I have a great story. I was about oh, 16 years sober, maybe something like that. M maybe not. Yeah, something. Somewhere between 12 and 16, and I remember having a conversation with Julie in the parking lot, and I was telling her why I did not need a sponsor. So for any of you who know Julia, first of all, why in God's green earth would you have that conversation with her? Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, she's hard worker, active, in the steps, doing the deal. And, I, and so clearly, in hindsight, looking back, what I was really looking for was for this woman who had been sober longer than me, who I very much respected, to somehow tell me that what I was doing, the choices I was making were okay. She was not going to do that. And, and so I did what every good alcoholic does. I explained to her uh, again that I didn't need a sponsor, that I had a spiritual advisor, a very wise woman outside of the program who I felt um, understood me perfectly. There was like a 70-year age gap between us. But it's all right. Uh, and she just stood there like this. Three minutes, Julie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she said, well, kiddo, I find it's necessary to do all the pieces of the program. And I didn't really have much to say to that. And in some ways, that was a real turning point. I think it was about 12 years sober, actually. It was a turning point for me in my sobriety because it was the moment when I realized that... I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the lounge singer. Oh, do, we, do I need to be talking into this one? Shit. All right. Now I've got to take two of them out. And No, I'm just kidding. All right. All right. No, this, is this better, actually? Like if I do, Okay. All right. All right. All right. And I really am not going to sing. 
Uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, oh, so yeah, the first time, don't edit that out of the tape, please, for me. Um, so, the, and it was really the first time that I made the connection that I have a long history, and this is something that is important for me and I want to talk about, that I have a long history of doing some of the things in Alcoholics Anonymous that I needed to do. Eventually, I do all of the pieces that are suggested of me to do. I just have a long history of not actually doing them all at the same time. And I'd like to share with you how well that has worked out for me. Um, so I was about 30 days sober, and uh, I was 18 years old. And I um, had gone to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous here in St. Louis. I grew up in St. Charles. And I really don't remember anything from that first meeting. I mean, I just really honestly don't remember. My, I remember one girl, young, young lady, it was a young people's meeting, and I remember her talking about that sleep was her new drug of choice. I didn't even know terms like drugs of choice, you know, I, like I could choose. It was, it's a drug, you take it, right? Um, and I remember thinking, like, am I a Narcoleptics Anonymous? I just kept waiting for her to be like, right? <laughs> Stared at her the whole meeting. I am sure that they said all the things that we hear in Alcoholics Anonymous, don't make major changes and, you know, get a sponsor and, you know, do you have a big book and all of those things that sounded to me like wah, 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 do whatever you want. So I hopped on a Greyhound bus with a suitcase full of summer clothing in the fall, $200 in my pocket, and I moved to Minnesota. Because it's really warm there. And I went to a meeting, and I actually, I had a, a guy that I knew. There's a whole lot of that in my story. You know, every, every good story begins with, like, so there was this guy I knew. Right? Oh, I have, to, I have to stop for a second. I love this. I love that we're, like, dressed up. We've got some beautiful hats out there. I mean, it is just, you know what I mean? Like, we do. We clean up so well. But, man, you get us on a sobriety countdown. And it's like a flashback, isn't it? We're all like, woo whistling through our teeth. I'm like, is it going to be the one with five days or 50 years standing on the table? We'll be like, get down. I, that's like my favorite part of, of all of this, right? Isn't it yours too, the sobriety countdown? Amazing. And it is so important for me, no matter where I am in my sobriety, to see um, the women that have gone before me and continue to do so. And thank you to those of you, um, you know, who do that. Um, and to our gal here with five days, and I know she was over here. Thank you for being here. And you are the most important person in this room. Um, and without you, None of us would be here. And, uh, and so I hope that I say something today that's helpful to you and to anybody else out there. And if I don't, um, just roll your eyes and go to a meeting tomorrow. <laughs> so, so I was living in Minnesota and I was like uh, 19 and I had 30 days sober and it was cold. And I was living with a guy and um, he had a slight drug problem at that point. Uh, so I, but I did go to, I did, and this is, you know, truly when you talk about like if I do my part and you do your part and we all do our part and we just do what we're supposed to do one day at a time, like we end up here, we end up doing these things and you go, how, you know, and some, sometimes we have enough of a minute to just sort of pause and go, oh my God, you know, how did we get here? Um, 
that's what it was like. I went, oh my God, how did I get here? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I did have presence of mind enough to go to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. And what that says to me was not, oh, I was so willing. I don't know that I was any more willing that day than I was the day before than I was the day after. I don't even think I had a clue what my middle name was at that point. But I know that that was a period in my life where God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Um, and there is so much of my story for which that is absolutely true. Uh, because left to my own devices and my own best thinking, um, it, it's a miracle that I'm standing up here today, quite truthfully. Um, and, and what I believe is that, is that today for me it's sort of like that, that interstitial space in our lives that I don't know is happening and I can't feel and I can't see and I can't touch. Um, and it is so full of God, you know, that God is in the gaps. Those gaps where I am so lost, you know, the line for okay is so far behind me, I don't even, I can't even see it anymore. And, and that's where God is, you know. And I know God is everywhere. But it's in those moments, you know, when, when I know I really need him, um, that he's been there. So, you know, so I decided that I needed to get out of where I was staying in Minnesota. And so I called a bunch of men on a home group list that I'd been given. Three of them are roommates. So there was nothing strange at all by the third time I called the same house. They're like, are you okay? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, no, I'm not okay. There's, you know, coke and ants and it was awful. And um, I was on a crack house actually. Um, <sighs> yeah, it was gross. And, uh, and they were like, all right, you know, where are you? And I was like, Minnesota? <laughs> you know, go tell us the street signs, you know, pack your bag and go stand there and we'll come get you. And I was like, okay. You know, car full of men are coming to get me. <laughs> right? Like, my life doesn't look that different yet, right? So I pack my bag and go stand on the corner or whatever and whatever in, you know, dinky town, Minnesota. And it's like the clown mobile. Came. Honestly, it was a little like Honda Civic, you know, one of those little tiny cars. You, they couldn't have gotten more people in that car. They came pouring out. I was, you know, they just kept coming and coming. I was like, that's great. And they're like, you know, jump in. And I thought, well, of course. You know, jumped right in, sat on somebody's lap, safe, all the way back to the apartment across from the crack house. And I went, look, I am moving up in the world. I was in the crack house. Now I'm across from the crack house. So we are fine. Everything's fine. I do not know why my parents are so upset. And they were all sober. And I did ask one of my roommates, Jim, to be my sponsor. And I'm so grateful he said no. He had the audacity to suggest that I get a woman as a sponsor. Ooh. Uh, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. You know? And here's my thing. And I hear women talk about this all the time. Like, you know, you were competition. And, you know, I didn't like you. And you assume I'm in. That wasn't it. I had a shtick. I had a shtick down. You know what I mean? Like, I had a routine that I knew how to get what I wanted, when I wanted, when I wanted it, how I wanted it. Um, and you knew my game. And I knew you knew my game. And I knew you saw right through me. And I didn't want to have to change. And I didn't want to feel exposed. And so I was perfectly fine hanging out by the coffee maker like it was a keg, making eyes at all the new boys. And I did that for about a year, and I didn't take a single step. That was 
a long year. And, uh, and I did have friends who would say to me that their sponsors were suggesting that they not spend time with me anymore. I was, I, I, I thought, I'm just, I'm too well. It's, you know, there's a phrase in AA, sick always hates well. And I thought those poor, poor folks, you know. Um, but you know what I discovered at that year sober mark, um, and I was living in just an amazing, amazing place uh, in Minneapolis, uh, a lot of great sobriety, a lot of great women, um, was that I'm in the grips of a progressive illness, and over any considerable period of time, I get worse, never better. And that is true whether I am drunk or sober. Sober if I am not working the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's it. It is that simple. And yet, it took me many more years to fully understand what that really looks like in my life. So I was really miserable and, and, and reached out into Alcoholics Anonymous for the first time with a woman, and she became my sponsor. Uh, and she sat down with me with the book, and she said, we're going to read where we're supposed to read, and we'll pray when it tells us to pray, and we're going to write where it tells us to write. And when we're all done doing that, you will have taken the 12 steps, and there will be no doubt in your mind that a loving God has entered into your life and that you will have a spiritual experience. And it sounded like hocus-pocus to me. It really did. But I would take hocus-pocus over absolute depression and misery. I was willing to, to believe anything at that point. Um, and in fact, that is exactly what happened. And I was on fire with Alcoholics Anonymous. And it was really, although later on I would be on fire with a lot of things. I have a friend who would talk about her shoes on, tire, on fire, but she's telling you, you know, or her hair's on fire, but she's telling you her shoes untied, you know. And I definitely have those blips on my uh, sober radar screen. But for a number of years, I was really in the middle of the boat. It was amazing, and I was able to go back to school. Things that I just never, I just thought girls like me don't do things like that. I really thought that um, at my best, um, I was sometimes nice, mostly well-intentioned, and not very bright. And that's really what I thought about myself. And, and somewhere at the core, um, I also sort of had this really embrace this sort of sense of like, um, I just needed to find a guy and hope that he didn't like beat me, you know, that um, because because girls like me with a track record like me and a history like me, you know, if they'd had Hose Anonymous before the Alcoholics Anonymous, you would have a different speaker. Look, wait. I don't clean up just because I'm in a dress. I mean, let's talk the truth, you know. And, and so I just, I didn't think I had much to offer, and I felt terrible about myself. I had no dignity, no integrity, and no self-respect. I didn't know I could have those things. And really, that's what I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous. And, and everything I learned was taught to me within the rooms of AA. Um, and it was in business meetings. It was in service meetings. It was at area assemblies. It was at, at the you know places that you least expect to see it. But you know, you know, you know how you do Robert's rules and how you learn how to act, like how I know today how to go into a business meeting for my job and actually let other people te you know speak and wait for their turn and you know what I mean like you know be in a meeting. I learned though I learned that in district and area assemblies of Alcoholics Anonymous. I know how to do that stuff. I knew how to stand up, get on the table, and be like, you know, that's what you said. You know, I mean, you can't do that when you're at a business meeting. Well, I guess you could, but probably not a good idea. So, you know, I think about that. I was able to go back to school. Um, and my sponsor at the time said, I was so scared. Oh, my gosh, I was so scared to go to college. And my sponsor at the time said, you do this just like you do Alcoholics Anonymous. 
And she said, if you don't go to meetings, do you hear the message? And I no. She said, so if you think you don't go to class, what are you going to get? You know, get an advisor that's like your sponsor, right? I mean, just all, you know, go do your homework. It's like, go do your inventory, right? All these basic things. And I just did that stuff. One day at a time, I actually just went to a class. Well, that's a novel idea. I'd flunked out of four colleges before I ever had gotten to Augsburg, where I finally ended up graduating from. And it was like, oh, you mean I just have to actually, like, go to the class I'm paying for? You know. And not only did I graduate, but I was able to graduate with, with honors. And that was just such an amazing uh, moment for me. And for my parents, you know, who I had a very, very long and strange, strenuous and difficult relationship with. Not the least of which was that um, when I was using back in, in St. Charles, and it was a pretty, I mean, it's a small town now, but it was very country back then, right? I mean, it was a really small town. Um, and the way that I was able to justify my behavior was that I convinced a group of people that my father was behaving inappropriately with me uh, because I knew that they would say it was okay for me to leave home and go uh, move in with them. And then I could drink and I could do drugs and whatever else I wanted to when I wanted to, you know, without any um, anybody on my back. And he knew that I had done that. And it absolutely crushed him that I had said those things that weren't true. Um, and so I'm up in Minnesota, and I know my family was so proud of me and, and happy to see. And I have to say that one of the greatest gifts that I have gotten um, from this program is the gift of amends. Not to me, but my amends out into the world. I had a sponsor um, who was really hardcore about the ninth step. And she would say things to me like, as I would start sponsoring people and working with folks, she'd say, you will, you will hear far more fifth steps than you will ever hear eighth steps. That's true. And when it came time for me to make my amends, I remember having to buy some plane tickets on a couple of occasions and fly home, and I had to sit across from my father, um, and I had to, to own what I had said and make amends to him and ask him what I could do to make it right. And like any dad, you know, he cried, and he just said, just, you know, be my girl, stay sober, you know, keep doing what you're doing. We're so proud of you. And I have to say that, that I knew somehow in my gut that that just didn't... I, I understood that, and I understood that I don't know what he would have asked of me at that moment, but that I still wasn't done um, with that amends. And I had to do so many, it was ridiculous, actually. And what I have learned today is that, you know, when you read in the book, and I love this, and it talks about what the, the process of making amends, um, that we don't have to look over our shoulder anymore, that we can, you know, keep our head up high, that, you know, we don't have to worry about who we run into at the gas station. And those are all really great benefits that I get from having made my amends. But the real deal that I got out of having made my amends was that when I was called upon to be of maximum service to God and to my fellows, I was able to do it without anything holding me back. And that day came when my father was diagnosed with cancer. And from the point of diagnosis to death was seven weeks. And I went to that hospital every day, and I went to my job every day, and I went to the hospital every night, and I took food up there, and I rubbed lotion on his hands, and I combed the, like, two hairs that he had left on his head. Um, and we got to sit there together, and he cried, and he was able to share some things with me. And I am so grateful that I could sit there, and I could look him in the eye, and I could be the daughter that I know that he needed me to be, that God wanted me to be, and that I knew I was capable of being only because, today I believe, only because I made that ninth step, only because I made my amends. And I think that that's really powerful and it's really important for me to remember 
that that for me is the power of the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I have no idea where this journey is going to take me. You know, I moved, um, I moved back, I graduated from college, and I moved back to St. Louis. I don't even remember what year, I guess it was 94, maybe, is that right? No, longer ago than that. Anyway, um, and I went to grad school, I started going to graduate school, and it was, that was a great experience, and um, I met a boy in a meeting, and I took him hostage. I like, literally, I mean, it's, you know, like the joke about, you know, we bring a U-Haul to the second date. I thought, lightweights, first date, you know. I just never left. I just pretty much went over to his house, and I just never left. It was like squatter's rights, you know. Um, so I had moved. My sponsor was in Minnesota. I was far, far away from sort of the home that I had known and the support that I had for my entire sobriety. I was close to my family, and I was grateful for that, but at the same time, I had still had a lot of work. It's, it's one thing to make amends from, you know, six or 800 miles away. It's another thing to live 20 minutes away. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm not as tolerant. You're crazy as I thought I was, am I? You know, got some more work to do. And uh, so, I, so I ended up marrying this young man. Um, we had a wonderful courtship. It was five minutes long, and I turned to him, and, I, and he said, he was sort of asking me a question about, like, someday when I got married, kind of what, I, you know, and I looked at him and I go, are you asking me to marry you? I think I just scared the shit out of him. Do you know, I think he was like, uh, sure. Next thing you know, we're at the courthouse. You can't make this stuff up. So I'm seven or eight years sober, standing at the courthouse, getting married. In a red dress. And about that time, his sponsor left Alcoholics Anonymous. So we did the only thing that two people in Alcoholics Anonymous should do for each other, and that was that you know, we knew that we loved and really had to support each other and that we probably ought to start sponsoring each other. <laughs> that marriage ended in a ball of fire. It really did. And, um, and there was some, and, I, and I'll tell you what, you know, I wasn't being sponsored, and I was going to meetings, and I had sponsees. So I have no problem at some point knowing what the 12 steps talk about. I can recite the book. It doesn't have a thing to do with whether or not I'm living out of it or not. Not a thing. And so, you know, I'm talking to my son. says, oh, here's what you need to do about this. Well, you know what the book says about that. It says blah, 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 right? Like, I've, I've got it nailed down. Only, I'll tell you, we would sit in my car. I talked to my son. says, we sit in my car. We'd sit in the driveway. I never invited anybody into my house. You don't come into that house. You don't see what's really, it was a war zone in that house. We hated each other. We were terrible to each other. We loved each other. But we had absolutely no idea what to do. Um, and there was infidelity in that relationship. I mean, it's, you know, you want to talk about, you know, two people being sober for like a minute and behaving badly. I said, we were a 12 pack away from the Springer show. I mean, it really was something to, to be seen. And I once again found myself at the absolute nadir of my recovery. And I thought, you know, the night that I made the decision to be unfaithful in that marriage, in some ways, you know, well, I was, I was at the AA statewide convention because that's a hotbed of spiritual uh, health and well-being. Well I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying. 
But thank God I wasn't out with friends from work because it would have been a drink. Something had to happen. Something had to change in my life. God had to get my attention. And he got it. And, you know, my husband and I, we continued to be together. Um, after that, we were really trying to work together. And, and for a little bit, it seemed like actually it might, it might work. And so I would stand up at the podium and I would talk all the time about how the miracle of Alcoholics Anonymous was the reconciliation of my marriage. Except we didn't ultimately reconcile. We had a daughter and then we ended up getting divorced. And that really challenged me uh, at a time in my life to sort of think about, um, then what do I mean when I talk about the miracle of Alcoholics Anonymous? And I would always hear people talk about, you know, it's an inside job. And I get that that means it's about changing on the inside, right? But I really, really understood through the process of that divorce, because he and I both got sponsors, not each other, uh, started going to meetings, right? Not the same meetings. Like, we, you know, started treating our alcoholism. Because saving that marriage wasn't about saving the marriage. It was about bringing two treated alcoholics to the table. And then we're going to, then let God sort it out. You know? And the reality is what we were able to do is we were able to dismantle that marriage with some, with some dignity and some compassion and some love for the other person. It's the father of my daughter, and he is a good man. And he deserves all the goodness and God's blessings. And that's what I learned that Alcoholics Anonymous looks like. It isn't about that, you know, we have reconciliation upon us, and so therefore there is God. God was that we did not destroy each other in that journey, and that we still talk to each other almost on a daily basis today. So I spent some time kind of being alone and doing my thing and, and kind of figuring out where the hell I am in the world and making sure that I've got this sponsor thing going and that I'm using that and that it's not just talking about the steps with the women I sponsor, but that I'm living out of it and that I'm active in my meetings again, that I'm, that I'm functioning on the whole package, not a piece of it, not two out of three, you know, not what, you know, one out of three, you know, all of it. Um, and it was so funny because... In the process of that journey, I had met this man several years ago. I actually met him when I was still married to my husband, and I thought he was awfully cute and that I ought to stay away from him, and I did. Um, and we reconnected when after I got divorced, and we'd go for bike rides and spend a little time together because I really I thought he was so cute. And then I decided that he was an absolute horse's ass. I couldn't stand him at all. I thought he was just so arrogant. And one day... After his mother passed, we were at her house, and I was helping him go through her things. This was years later, and, uh, and I looked at him and I went, oh my God, it is you. So in the span of 52 weeks, we were dating, knocked up, engaged, and married. Because we can't get too well. You know what I mean? Let's, let's just, we gotta keep some excitement in our lives. So I found myself saying, well, it's not the traditional way to do things, but, no. and I love him dearly, and he truly is, you know, the love of my life, and we have another little daughter. I have a nine-year-old girl and a three-year-old girl, my, my graces, um, and they're absolute blessings of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, you know, some days we're great, and some days we argue, and some days I want to, you know, put my children out for the trash man, and other days I just want to, like, eat them for breakfast. I love them so much, right? I mean, it's just the journey of, of life. Um, but what I have learned is that through Alcoholics Anonymous, I get to be present for every moment of it. 
I get to be present for the moments where, quite frankly, I think that I have been absolutely like the poltergeist must be in my house and has taken possession of my body, and I am, my head is spinning around, green pea soup is flying out of my mouth, my kids are, you know, looking at me like I'm absolutely crazy, and I'm having a meltdown because somebody didn't put their socks in the drawer, right? And then there are days when, you know, somebody goes up the slide, they should be going down on the outside of the thing they should be on the inside of, falls off and breaks their wrist. And we say, that's okay, honey. Accidents happen. But we're there. I'm there, and I'm present, and I'm accountable. And it is the sum experience of all of the actions that I have taken in my life that lead me to where I am today. And I am so eternally grateful and when I look out at this room and I look at the women who I have had the pleasure and privilege of walking some of these pieces of my journey with, Genoa remembers when everything was falling apart. She was there for me. Stacy, Kelly, I could go on and on. My Tuesday night crew, my Monday night crew. I couldn't imagine this, I heard in the beginning, and I thought I understood, but today I think I might actually get it. The process of Alcoholics Anonymous for women like me is not about getting good. It's about getting well. And I know at the end of the day that it's a loving God in the lives of each and every one of us that helps us do that, but it's the coming together on days like today where we share our God with each other so that we can remember how perfectly imperfect we all are and that today is the day that we have. Use it as best we can. Thank you so much. Bye -bye.